Hello and welcome to the Small Business School. My name is Craig Staley, 20-year retail veteran, e-commerce practitioner, and entrepreneur. Each week, I will interview a new small business owner that we can learn from to take our businesses to the next level. Now, let's go. Today's guest is Matt Yeh, founder and CEO of Extend Your Team, a virtual staffing agency. Matt talks about how his life as an entrepreneur changed when he transitioned to using virtual assistants in his business. He also gives advice on how to evaluate your processes to figure out what your first VA hire should be. That and so much more with our guest today, Matt Yeh. All right. I'd like to welcome my next guest. It is Matt Yeas, the founder and CEO of Extend Your Team. How's it going, Matt? Great, Craig. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on the show with me today. Yeah, excited to talk to you today and uh, your listeners. Well, can you give our listeners a little bit of your, your personal background to start off? Sure. I think at this point, I describe myself as a serial entrepreneur, but I actually didn't start out that way. I grew up in typical middle-class upbringing in New York, went to school for information science, which is basically computer science without so much math. Started out in technology consulting. I did that for a little bit. You know, I just got work to the bone, then decided to go to business school at the University of Michigan. Then after that, I actually traveled around the world for seven months and then joined back, joined the real world again as a management consultant. So did that for a little while. And then somehow I ended up working on Chicago 2016's Olympic bid. So Chicago, oh, wow. yeah, Chicago was trying to get to the Olympics. So that, that was really fun. And then there I met my old boss who actually changed my life and got me on the path to entrepreneurship. Cool. So talk about that a little, give us a little bit of background. How did you get to your, your current business? Sure. So about five years ago, I bought an e-commerce portfolio. I had zero experience in e-commerce. I like buying and selling stuff on eBay. And I thought it was a good idea to just go buy an e-commerce company. I had three sites at the time. I've grown it since. And along the way, I learned how to outsource. I started with a local team in primarily Minneapolis and then through attrition and otherwise, I started hiring in the Philippines. And what made you start hiring in the Philippines? Did you just a mentor or how how did you get there? I would call it the myth of the $5 an hour VA. I think Mm. everybody I know who is in the e-commerce or independent entrepreneurship on the internet Here's about outsourcing to the Philippines. You'll get someone for $5 an hour. They'll change mm-hmm. your life. But the, the truth is, like, that's why I went and so many others. And it's not true. It's very difficult to get someone who's for $5 an hour. That's going to change your life, even in the Philippines. But through this, I learned how to hire and who to hire. And culminating with someone to run a mid-seven-figure business out of the Philippines. Awesome. So I think, you know, a lot of our listeners know what a virtual assistant is. They've maybe heard of VAs before. Maybe they've hired VAs. Tell us a little bit about your VA agency and specifically what value do you guys bring versus maybe going out and hiring a VA on your own? So we focus on something a little different. Because of my experience, I'm an operator. I still have the e-commerce portfolio. I decided to design an agency how I actually would want it to work, meaning I only want to get high quality people. I don't want anyone entry level. I want people that can actually make a business in in your business today. 
not in six months, not with, you know, an insane amount of management. So we just focus on people, I would call chief of staff level, project managers, people with 10, 15 years experience. We do a general virtual assistant as well, which is a general virtual assistant is somebody who, you know, knows how to do a lot of, a lot of different things that, you know, so they can do your email, they can do graphics, they post to social media, as well as help you manage projects. We do that, but we also level it up to people who can actually run your business. So we go as far as we found somebody recently who ran a 2,000 person division and he was roughly 20 bucks an hour to a client. Holy smokes. So these are self-starters. These are just, just talented. So Craig, if you and I went to the Philippines, that's who, I hire, that's who we hire for our agency. And, it, and, it's what's allowed, and it's what's allowed us to scale. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about your transition to using VAs in your business you know, I think you alluded to it a little bit. You kind of found out that that $5 VA is, is maybe a myth, but talk about that transition from starting out hiring $5 VAs to what the difference was as you moved to maybe higher end VAs. I would say I was penny wise pound foolish. I, I like everybody. I read what was out there. Hey, you can do this. Go outsource to the Philippines and, you know, go get anybody. And I started doing it myself. So I started on the website that everybody uses. It's called onlinejobs.ph. Very, very famous. They advertise, they have half a million people in their database. Uh, I think it's like, you know, 50 or hundred bucks a month. You have access to it. Then I put a, a description out there. And what happens is you get, you know, and they brag about this, you know, you get, you know, 500 applications. That's great but 499 of them are no good. And, and you have to cycle through a lot of virtual assistants in order to find the one. It gets, I would say it takes on the average person anywhere from five to 10 hires and fires before you find that one person at an economical price. It's very, very difficult to do because you have to learn how to manage them. So like everybody else, I spent a lot of time hiring and firing a lot of virtual assistants out of the Philippines until I figured out what to look for. And once I did that, it got a lot easier. But the truth is where it got much easier and much better is when I hired someone to run the entire business, I just said, hey, can I go up market? It was brought on because I was going to China with my wife and she said, you know, I would hope you don't work which is really wife speak for you're not working. So, so I said there had to be a better way. And I just looked for someone. And once I brought Angelica on, she changed my life. I went from working 14 hours a day to roughly about three within 45 days. Now I work three hours a week on the business. She ran it better. And she also was able to hire better people because she knows culturally what to look for. So talk about that transition a little bit, because I think, you have the Gary Vaynerchuks of the world and the, you know, all these entrepreneurs that, that kind of glorify the, the 14 hour day and the 16 hour day and, and the hustle and the grind. Was it hard for you to make that transition and feel like you're less needed within your business? Or was it easy to just say, well, this is great. Uh, you know what? It, it was, well, okay. It took me three and a half years to get there. Yeah. Right. So it was a slow um, transition. I, it's a, it was a slow transition. It was a mistake. 
right? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I look, I went to graduate school. This wasn't my first business. And yet I still thought there was value in my day to day. You know, I'm, you know, me working on this project adds so much value. And the truth is it didn't, right? So it was hard to let go, but you got to take that jump, right, Craig? You got to take that jump because, and you know, otherwise you can't scale. So hustling does not have to be you doing operational tasks. I think it's a complete waste of time. Show me anyone, almost anyone, not someone who has a fully built out team, but show me most entrepreneurs. I guarantee if we go through their schedule and look at what they do on a day-to-day basis, 80% of it does not make them money. And at the end of the day, if you're going to hustle and you're going to work 14-hour days, forget about whether you think it's right or not. You should be focusing on growth, doing sales. For me, this is having this conversation, right? That adds a lot more value to my business than sitting there creating a project plan or an onboarding process. There are other people that are better served doing that. So I think it is a difficult transition for a lot of people, but once you do it and you have the first taste of it, I guarantee you're going to be addicted and you're just going to want to do more. But even myself, I still have to remind myself to just delegate, delegate, delegate. So obviously business owners can contact you to get some help, you know, but what advice do you have for business owners that are evaluating their processes and trying to figure out where do I need a VA, my first hire, where, how do I evaluate my processes and, and decide what, what hire to make? What would you recommend? It's really, really simple. A lot of people overcomplicate this. Divide your tasks into two things. Strategic, not strategic. Simple two buckets. Strategic is anything that requires thought and that you specifically need to do. My world example is I'm talking to you. I don't delegate that, right? Non-strategic. Email, project management, following up with clients, client oversight. That would be completely considered non-strategic. So once you divide up your tasks into those two buckets, delegate anything that's not strategic. Very, very simple. Makes sense. We're going to take a little little bit of a left turn here, but what tools have you found in your own businesses that you found particularly helpful that maybe some of the listeners might find helpful as well? First thing I would recommend is, it's not a tool per se, but it is, is join a mastermind. If you're not familiar with what a mastermind is, it's a group of people that are in your business, your business niche that talk about their problems, their challenges, how to grow together, and really just help each other succeed. So first and foremost, that's where I got my first customers, people who gave me a chance for this business. And I recommend every single listener join one tomorrow. Second, there are two more, I would say, software-related tools. One is AppSumo, A-P-P-S-O-U-M-O.com. It is a deal site for software as a service items. So like I go there anytime I need a tool, a SaaS tool, I actually go there first to see if there's anything going on that I can get a deal on. Also, if you do email marketing and you're in e-commerce, I highly recommend Klaviyo. It is fantastic. Never heard of that. What is Klaviyo? K-L-A-V-I-Y-O. It's an email marketing tool and it's really popular for e-commerce. Let's use, it connects with all the major carts, shopping carts like Shopify, Big Commerce, et cetera. And it really allows you to segment and target your customers with some really easy to use tools. Very nice. So 
what would you say has been the biggest challenge that you've faced in any of your businesses and what did you do to overcome it? The biggest challenge hands down is COVID. Yeah. My pro- so what we haven't talked about. So my primary business was that which does mid seven figures is in weddings. So you can imagine how well that's going right now. Uh, there are no weddings. It is what it is, right? That by far has been the biggest challenge. I acquired the business, which means I have a note. And so reorganizing the business ruthlessly within called 30 days, that has been the biggest challenge. Wow. So on, on a brighter note then, what would you say has been the best moment in any of your business's history so far? I would say, so I, I, I have two moments. So I'm going to just give you two because for different reasons. One is when I started a national restaurant chain, when we opened our first restaurant, it was 18 months of brutal work. I started it with someone who was a very, very senior uh, executive at a well-known restaurant chain. I had zero experience. He just said, you're a get stuff done kind of guy. Let's do this together. And I joined the team as a, one of the junior founders. And when I opened the first restaurant, it was so tangible. Like it was, I can see it. I can see people eating the food. I walked in. I can feel the pride. It was just fantastic. I truly, I, I mean, it really was. I mean, it was written up in Wired Magazine. I mean, it was just such a great thing. The second was honestly starting my current business and pivoting very quickly in the pandemic. Just seeing what I've learned, leveraging my network, and then growing, growing a business to what should be 45 people by the end of the year. With, I mean, from May, I, I'm, I'm really proud of that. And I've really enjoyed it. That's awesome. So you're within two months, I, I assume, you know, March, kind of when everything hit the fan, you pivoted quickly and it sounds like you were, you were ready to go in a, about a month and a half, huh? Or were you thinking about it before March? Yes, I was. So what happened was about, I was for a hot second interim COO for a company that did outsource executive assistance. And this is about, I guess, six years ago. I thought it was a great idea, but unfortunately they were underfunded and the business model wasn't working. I always loved it. I always said I wanted to do it. I really was thinking about it. I got sucked into the e-commerce thing, acquiring and growing a business. About a year ago, I knew e-commerce wasn't for me. I think it's really important for everyone to not think about product market fit, but business entrepreneur fit. And e-commerce, great business, weddings, except for a pandemic, it's fantastic. You know, but right, great business, but not for me. Right. And it took a minute for me to realize that. But once I realized that, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then I went, my wife sent me to a medita- meditation retreat. She said, Oh, you're lost. Just go meditate for. I never meditated, by the way. I'm not a meditation guy. Now I am, but I never did it. And so I sat there and I, I meditated and I was like, You know what? Why don't I actually do this business? Right. And this is right before the pandemic. Once the pandemic hit, it was all hands on deck, save the ship. I did not fire a single person and I saved the ship. And then through that, I said, okay, now let's go start this, this next business. And so that's what I did. Congratulations. Who do you consider a mentor and what's the most important lesson they've taught you? I would say the person I started Life Kitchen with, he would be a, a, a very big mentor for me. 
because he was so far, he was much more senior than I am. And he saw, you know, he had you know, 50,000 people, 100,000 people, whatever the number is working for him, right? So he's at the top of an organization like that. And there are things you learn from being there. Number one is always focus on the big picture. Look, you're going to, everyone who, who you, yourself or anyone who's ever had a business, there are ups and downs. It's a jagged line, right? And just if you focus on the big picture relentlessly and talk about the big picture relentlessly to your team, everyone will get moving in the same direction. So that's, that's the first thing. The second thing, which is really applicable to small business, is everyone needs to make money. If you nickel and dime your partners and you nickel and dime your vendors or your staff, you lose in the end. End of story. Because what, you know, when you have a hard time, like happened to me, guess what they're not going to do? They're not going to be lenient. Mm-hmm. Especially in a time like this. Right. The, the vendors that you're good to, you know, hopefully when you need them the most in a, in a pandemic when maybe supply chains are short and things like that, maybe you're the one that's going to get the break. Absolutely. And by the way, it happened to me. I renegotiated with my ad agency. I said, look, here's what happened. And they cut my fees by 30%. That's awesome. Before we get to our last question, where can our listeners find out more about you and your business? I think the best way to start is at my at our website, extendyourteam.com. Also, if you hit Matt at extendyourteam.com, I'll respond to you and feel free to ask me any questions. You don't have to be a client. I don't care. I, if I can help anyone avoid the mistakes I made with virtual assistants, I'm happy to do it and get on a call. That's awesome. Thanks, Matt. So we'll go to the, the last questions. The question I ask everybody, if you could hop into a time machine and go back to the year that you launched your first business, what advice would you give yourself that day? Yep. I would give you two pieces of advice or myself, two pieces of advice. One, you need to pay yourself first. If you don't get paid, if you don't pay yourself and you're always holding out to scale or to grow or whatever, you're going to really feel the pressure in a way maybe you shouldn't have. So that's the first thing. Second is know your numbers. If you don't know your finances and your numbers and understand your your income statement and balance sheet and your run rate, it's so easy to get over your skis. Look, I've done it, right? I made that mistake. And knowing your numbers, don't be scared. It's just, it's just a way to keep score. And once you figure that out, everything gets a lot easier and there's a lot less stress for when you make investments. Very good advice, Matt. A lot of, a lot of great advice, a lot of great tips. Appreciate you coming on with us today. Thanks so much. Thanks, Craig. Great to be here. If you're a small business owner or looking to start a business, join the Small Business School Facebook group. It's a private community of people focused on helping each other grow their businesses. Join the community and let's help each other take our businesses to the next level. We'll see you there. If you'd like to learn more about our guest today or be a future guest on the Small Business School, go to craigsdaily.com slash podcast for more info. And of course, it would mean the world to me if you'd click subscribe or write a review for the Small Business School in your podcast app of choice. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.